Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. We are so excited that you are joining us today. We are ready to kick off for the fall. How about you, Dr. Virginia? Ah, We're getting there. We're getting there. Lots of preparation. We're getting there. So much. And that was really what we wanted to talk about today. We really wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about all of those things that we have to get ready for after VBS, after camp. After all of these summer events that we have, Mm -hmm. we have to think about how we are going to kick off for the fall and how to start preparing. You know, that's the thing about children's ministry is that there's never a downtime. No. There's always something next. There's always, you're leaving one season, you're moving into the next. There's always that next thing that you have to prepare and plan Mm -hmm. for. So we never really get to take that deep breath and kind of go, oh, yay, we're set for a while. (laughs) Because now comes the excitement of promotion. It's Mm -hmm. checking in with your volunteers, finding Mm -hmm. out who's coming back for the fall, getting everything ready. So we just thought we would take a little bit of time today to go over all of the things that we are thinking about about during this time of the year to get ready for fall kickoff. And I don't know, I'm hoping that we're not going to be super late on this because there may be some people that kick off in August. Dr. Virginia, do you usually prep to kick off in August for the fall or September or somewhere in between? What do you guys do? We are usually August. We try to be, um, so it's kind of interesting. So at this church, we do our promotion Sunday for Sunday school and really all of our grade level ministries on the first Sunday of August. And then our Wednesday night ministries coincide with school starting back. Cause typically our kids go back to school on like a Wednesday or, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they typically go back like in the middle of the week. I don't know if they don't, they don't start on a Monday. (laughs) Right. Um, And so our Wednesday night ministries coincide with the school year. And so it's almost for us, it's almost in some ways like a phased restart to where it's like we all move up in Sunday school on the first week. We maybe have one more summer event. um, And then we have maybe like a kickoff event for our Mm -hmm. Wednesday night ministries. Right. And then, and even our adult ministries on Wednesday nights kind of restart in like a phased way. Like they'll kind of have like an introduction to the adult classes and then they'll start the next week. And then Wednesday night meals will start the next week. So Mm. it's kind of interesting. It's, it's almost like a phased process to move into the school year, but also it's nice because then it's not all changing all at once. (laughs) So that can be helpful in its own way as well. Right. Um, Right. So it is great when you can kind of ease back in because Mm -hmm. somebody it's according to your area Mm -hmm. as to when you really have to start thinking about promotion and thinking Mm -hmm. about kicking off for the fall, because so many churches take like Sunday evenings, Wednesday evenings Mm -hmm. off during the summer. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So it's getting your families back into the routine of yes. being at church on Sunday mornings, Sunday mm -hmm. nights, Wednesday nights, if you have those programs, mm -hmm. because if you have been taking the break for the summer, you kind of have to ease people back into this you <laughs> yes. know, routine of, of coming and, and things to do. And for me, we always did a lot of our promotion really in September mm -hmm. because when most every location where I've been, school hasn't started until a little bit later into August. Mm -hmm. And so we were always kind of transitioning during August. And then our kickoffs would be in September. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always had to be really mindful of is that the material that we were using would, would start, the quarter would start in September. Right. And so, especially for those younger ages, when you have the kids going from pre-K into kindergarten mm -hmm. or kindergarten into first, the material is really written in August for the older kindergartner. So right. if you have a new kindergartner coming in to that material at the, you know, that, that set up for the older kindergartners, it can be a challenge for them to be able to do the work on the worksheet or to be able right. to do some of the activities. So you have to really look at your publisher and how they set everything up and what age groups they're writing for at certain times of the year, if that's an issue. So we've always been really mindful of that too. So the material that I typically used did the kickoff in September. So, mm -hmm. you know, so we, we usually sort of slowly moved into our promotion time, but actually promoted in September, but we still gotcha. did a lot of events in August to get things going. To so ease that in. Yeah. yeah. But I think now I would not be able to do that as easily because now most of the school systems are really starting a lot earlier and that makes yes. the promotion time a lot more challenging. A lot sooner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Like, we'll um, have like on our Wednesday nights, we'll have sort of one, our final family fun night summer event, mm -hmm. um, which is a very popular one for us, which is a skate night just at a local skating rink. And one right. of the things we do to encourage families to come is the um, first 50 students mm -hmm. get in free and the first 50 preschool and children. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. So we just write that into our budget that we're going to pay for a hundred, you know, sets of skates for right. teens and for kids. Um, and so usually we have like a really phenomenal turnout at that event. We'll have two, 300 people, <laughs> you oh, know, wow. coming out yeah. to the skate night. Um, and I personally abstain from skating because I already had one knee surgery and I don't need another. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, mm. but for us, that's a good momentum builder right. at the end of the summer going into falls. We have this, this family fun night that our families really enjoy. Right. Um, and then the following Wednesday is whenever we start kicking off right. our fall ministries. Right. So that's right. worked well for us. So. Well, and I think that that's the key because for me, like I used to do these events for August. We always sort of did August summer nights for mm -hmm. the, for Wednesday nights for the month of August. And each mm -hmm. Wednesday night we did a different activity, like what you're talking about, mm -hmm. whether or not we went skating or we did, you know, some sort of special family movie night, or we mm -hmm. did, you know, to get people back in the routine of being mm -hmm. on campus on Wednesday yeah. nights, because yep, that was yep. so hard to kind of get going. And for us, again, the last church where I served our, our Wednesday night suppers didn't start back until September. So, yeah. you know, we would do, you know, 
you know, pizza nights and we'd have, you know, cookout night and we do these yeah. kinds of fun events. And then for me, our last Wednesday night to kick off was always organized mass chaos. We would, yeah. do, a family, we would do a family organized mass chaos <laughs> night. And so for me, that was always just, it was a big draw because the kids loved to play that. They had, you know, more yes. than likely they played it at camp that camp. summer. And so, but this, this one we included, we sort of had the mini course for the preschool and then we had the big kids course for that and the families could participate. And then we kind of did that as our big kickoff night to lead into the next Wednesday night, actually having our programming where we were doing, you know, I always did a little short Bible study before mm -hmm. each event for each mm -hmm. of those Wednesday nights, because you know me, I never did any event without at least right. doing a little devotional right, or something, right, right. but we didn't jump back into our curriculum for right. the fall until that next Wednesday night. And right, so right. So yeah. that was always a big deal. What kinds of things do you do for promotion Sunday? Like, do you have any special events and things that you do for that? Um, we really don't do a lot special on promotion Sunday, mm -hmm. just because there is a lot of activity, <laughs> making sure everyone knows where they're going, all that sort of thing. Um, right. We do a lot of prep work leading up to promotion Sunday, I would say. Yes. Um, one, communicating with parents about where their kids, you know, will be going next um, for those transitions between ministries. Yeah. So for yeah. us, it's at first grade, moving from um, our preschool ministry up into our kids ministry or um, at sixth grade, moving from kids to student ministry. Right. Um, we have on the Saturday before um, our church does a like a little orientation, a first grade and a sixth grade orientation yeah. where they have an opportunity to, you know, come up. They'll eat a breakfast together. You know, the first graders get to go into the kids space, get to yeah. meet their teachers, see where their classroom is. Yeah. Thing for the sixth grade. They see where their classrooms are. They, you know, meet their teachers, get to spend some time with the youth pastor. And so um, we try to be very intentional, especially at those transitional years mm -hmm. in preparing yeah. kids and parents for what's next. Right, right. Well, and that that is one of those really neat things because we always did sort of an open house as well. Mm -hmm. The preschool children and student ministries kind of worked together to have that night where we, you know, did a little, you know, had some little snacks and food parents could come in. We could really, um, we sort of tried to rotate the night. So if parents had high school students and I, middle school students that they, you know, could still, you know, hear all of mm -hmm. the key information mm -hmm. or, you know, to go over what we're going to be doing in the fall, what they needed to know, but still have that time, like you said, where they can walk around, they can see where they're going to bring their kids mm -hmm. for the fall, for, you know, Sunday school, for Wednesday night, for Sunday nights, they could meet the teachers. They would mm -hmm. have that opportunity to sort of get a little bit of information. And I think those open house nights are a lot of fun because it, it brings the families together. And again, it just gives you an opportunity to sort of give all that information. That was when I would hand out the forms that needed to be filled mm -hmm. out for the fall and get my permission things done and my medical forms done and all of those kinds of like housekeeping things that I needed to get right. taken care of. So it gave me that opportunity to kind of kick all that off. And so, mm -hmm. um, but again, it's always nice to be able to have something, a little bit of fun to like bring people in to get them to, yeah, to, kind of kind of to come in a little in. bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a neat, neat thing to be able to be able to do. And so now do you have specific things that you do for kids going from, say preschool into 
first grade or, or into kindergarten. It's according, I know every church is a little bit different on what they consider to be the start of kids ministry. Right. Right. Um, for all of my years, I always had kindergarten in with preschool. So the mm -hmm. big promotion was going from kindergarten into first grade. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you have some special things that you do for that? So whenever our first graders go into their orientation, one of the things that they receive is a full text Bible. Um, and so I know that's something that we've talked about before is that we know yes. that budgets are limited. It's, um, it's hard, but just but it's an important sure. one. Yeah. 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 So in this case, the kids, you know, these are Bibles for them to keep right. um, and for them to use throughout their time in the children's ministry. I always felt like Bibles were a huge thing for me. I made sure that I had that budget, but in uh, and, and many churches where I didn't have a budget at all, really. So I didn't have a budget for that. Um, I usually would ask senior adult classes or adult mm -hmm. classes if they would like to sponsor to purchase some Bibles so that we would mm -hmm. have that, um, or it would be a church budgeted item. Um, and so we, we always tried to do that because I think presenting Bibles is really a huge deal. And I know for me, for example, if we look at the, the last church where I served, we did um, when our first graders, when our kindergartners went into first grade, that was also their first time to be coming in to church with their families to worship. Mm, okay. And yeah. so because we had kids church for preschool through kindergarten, but at first grade, our kids went into the worship service with their families. And so we tried to make that day really big. So we would mm. always kind of kick off with a special breakfast. We called it pancakes with the pastor yeah. so that the first graders could really you know, get a chance to meet the pastor and to talk to him a little bit before they would go into service. And then during that service, they would come up on stage, they would get their uh, full text Bibles, their, their, their big kid Bible. Mm -hmm. And they would also usually get a kid's church bag, like a mm -hmm. worship mm -hmm. service bag. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that way they can have, you know, something to have their Bible in and to have maybe the little note sheets. Cause I always did the little note sheets for, worship service for the kids to be able to, to follow along with the pastor and that kind of thing. So it was always kind of cool. I always felt like it kind of helped parents remember to send those things with the kids and to have those things with them if they had the little bags. And so we would usually, you know, provide those for the kids. And, and so that was a big Sunday morning to have all of those kinds of things happening. And that's nice too, just to, have the kids in front of the congregation. That way people who don't necessarily have children in the children's ministry right. still sort of get this visual, right. you know, of the kids, of, you know, the activity that's going on. It's mm -hmm. just nice because it's almost like a way to, you know, it's just sort of putting the children's ministry on display right. for the congregation, for people who aren't necessarily right. connected. Right. So I like that. Well, and we even tried to do that Bible presentation at the churches previous that I had had where I did have children's worship mm -hmm. so that the kids did not go into the worship service with their families. They still had, we still tried to do that first grade Bible presentation in front of the sanctuary again, just so that they were aware of the first graders so that they got that, but, but mm -hmm. so they could think about the kids ministry so they could see mm -hmm. what we were doing. And so we still made that a special Sunday for the worship service, even if we had a children's worship that the kids went to. So, you know, I think it's important to still coordinate as much as you can, whether you have a children's worship or not, 
having mm-hmm. the kids in the worship service with their families on special occasions, but on yeah. certain things where the families, like you said, that don't have kids or the grandparents, maybe that, you know, they can, they can have that opportunity to see what you're doing in your ministry, because mm-hmm. that's really how you're going to have your volunteers become a part of your ministry is they're going to see what you're doing mm-hmm. and they're going to get excited about your ministry. And if you're constantly siloed off where the kids right. never come into the worship service until right. they go into middle school, then, you know, you don't really have that opportunity for the congregation to see your children's ministry. And yeah. so, yeah. So I think that's an important thing to do. So, yeah. But one of the things that we do as like an outreach to the community that um, my current church does, my previous church did is um, donating backpacks, school supplies, right. shoes, and haircuts yes. <laughs> to kids going back to school. Um, that's something that um, I've really enjoyed being a part of and seeing um, at our churches, right. just those opportunities. Cause and we've seen it done different ways. Um, my last church would just, you know, from doing it over the years, kind of had an idea. We would buy a certain amount of supplies and people would just come mm-hmm. and they would just, you know, get their backpack, get school supplies, get some, you know, toiletries, get a haircut, even get shoes. We had a family right. in the church who that was like their thing. They loved mm-hmm. throughout the year getting shoes on sale right. and then just giving them all away at this huge event. Um my current church gets the names of families from like particular schools. Right. Um, and then, so it's sort of like you adopt a child or adopt a family and get the mm-hmm. items for that particular family. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's different ways of doing it, but that um, has always been something that I've really enjoyed um, right. and that I think has always been just such a really great outreach to the community around this time right. of year as well. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that that's what the back to school kickoff events can really do is to mm-hmm. highlight how your church can partner with an elementary school or a high school or a preschool in your community mm-hmm. And really find ways that you can minister to them to do special things for the teachers, to do mm-hmm. a special prayer night, to be able to mm-hmm. do those kinds of things where you collect school supplies and you collect backpacks and you collect those things that they're going to need for you to be able to, to donate. So even if you can do like a family cookout night or do some sort of yeah. a family event during the summer where the entrance is to bring an item that can yes. be donated to bring the school yeah. supplies, to bring the, the backpack, to bring those kinds of things. And so, I mean, every community has the ability to do different things, but it's that mm-hmm. opportunity that you have to connect your church to the school community in your area. And so that's just really a huge event. One of the things that I always got the kids together to do during the summer is that we had a ministry that we partnered with all year long to do different things for the schools in our community. But during the summer, we would try to go one night because they would always have those opportunities where they could uh, fill backpacks like mm-hmm. so that, that our kids could actually do a service project. Yeah. We would take donations when we would go, but we would also spend that night filling backpacks or organizing Mm -hmm. school supplies, putting things in different orders and that kind of thing so that your kids had this chance to help a ministry prep for helping kids start back to school. Mm -hmm. And so finding those kinds of things to be able to do, I think are really fun events for your kids. You know, and one of the other things that we do um, off campus is we will um, go prayer walk the exterior of the schools. We're not like breaking inside schools or anything, but like (laughs) go to our local schools um, and go prayer walk them. And so, you know, we'll send teams of, you know, 
three or four families, you know, to each yeah. different school, all meet up at the church and then go out to different schools and prayer right. walk schools. And so right. um, that's also another thing that we do this time of year that I really right. enjoy um, and that we've seen um, just surprising fruit from. We had um, a particular group, yeah. you know, prayer walking at a school. And, and so they're circled around the flagpole praying and the principal comes outside and like joins them, like sort of breaks into the circle and yeah. joins them and like prays oh, along awesome. with them and just expresses her gratitude for this church group being there praying for her school before right. school starts, before the school year starts. And so I think that's great. Yeah. I, I miss the days. Of course, I'm sure some communities still allow you to do it. But, you know, you know, back years ago, I was always able to go have lunch with my kids at schools. And so I would like rotate to all the different schools where I had kids. And now Mm -hmm. obviously for security reasons, they don't really allow that anymore. Um, So finding other ways that you can connect with the schools in Mm -hmm. your church community to be Mm -hmm. able to provide, but still a lot of times they would let us, you know, bring donuts for teachers or, you know, or to, or like you said, to to pray outside, you know, on the campus, even though we can't go in the classrooms to do that anymore. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was all of those kinds of things that we would still try to do to connect because mm-hmm. I always felt like it was so great when our church could reach out to the schools mm-hmm. because I think the teachers appreciate it and the families appreciate it. And so it was just always a fun thing to be able to do. Well, along with all of the promotions and the finding volunteers and the getting everything ready with curriculum and all of the other fun things that you have to be planning right now, it's also that time of year to start thinking about the big events that are going to be coming up for the rest of the year. And one of those being your fall festival or your trunk or treat, whatever you choose to do during the fall. I am a big proponent of having some sort of fall big event. Whether it's a fall festival or whether or not you do a trunk or treat or whether you do something actually on the 31st to give parents some options, whatever your church decides to come together to do, I think it's really, for me, it was always the second big event for the year, VBS being the largest, but our fall festival events were always, you know, really the, the second place where we would receive the most visitors Mm -hmm. where we could reach out to the community and get to know Mm -hmm. people and to talk with people that we would not see any other time during the year. And so it gave us a lot of great opportunities. And so I'm a big fan of fall events. Yes, me too. Just because I love fall and it's kind of hard being here in Florida because I miss (laughs) real fall. Right. right. (laughs) You know, everything changing. Yeah. So I'm because it's like everything's still green and it's still like 90 <laughs> degrees, but um, I do still love fall myself. Um, yes. And and ex- same thing is exactly what you're saying. I would say our fall events numerically are bigger than VBS because then you will have two, three thousand people on, on our church campus for right. fall events. Right. Um, so numerically it's bigger, although VBS is different in that, you know, you have kids for longer and over several days. And so, you know, it it is definitely numerically our largest outreach event for our church. Um, And so being intentional about, you know, capturing people's information, sharing the gospel, um, you know, doing intentional follow-up. And so we do, we have a whole episode just dedicated to 
planning fall events. Jazz fall events. <laughs> it's it's our, our 11th episode last year. So we did it really early on. And so I'd almost be afraid to listen to it now. And just <laughs> the fact that we were still so new, although I don't know that we've gotten, you know, I don't know that this much has changed, but, uh, but hopefully yeah. it still has very pertinent information for you and very practical information. And we can link it in the comments, you, right? I can, can, I, can, still, I, can yeah. I can do that. That's a thing, right? It. Yeah, that's a thing. I think that's a thing. I think I can do that. Um, but we can, we'll have the link for you there. And, uh, but it really hopefully will give you more specifics on how to prepare for the fall, how to get ready for mm -hmm. any different. And we talked about different kinds of events as well. We did. Like, like, and we talked about recruiting the years. years and yeah. safety and security and planning activities. And we talked about oh, like yeah. all of it. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so it's a great one to check out. If you're still on the fence about planning a fall event, if you're still not sure what you want to do, it would be a great one for you to go back and listen to and to get some ideas, but also to kind of think through how to get ready for it. Um, because it really is huge. But there are so many other events that happen, you know, towards the end of the year that you do have to start kind of thinking about is if you are going to do that kind of thing, if you're going to do some sort of a Thanksgiving mm -hmm. um, special event, like a special Thanksgiving, because a lot of churches where I served, we would do like a Wednesday night Thanksgiving dinner, mm -hmm. where we would do something special with the kids and, and yep. do all of that. And then of course, yep. Christmas will just be around the corner. Oh, it's like we just finished VBS and now we're talking about Christmas. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. I and I am not a big person. Like for me, Christmas in July is not a thing. I don't I don't like to do Christmas outside of Christmas, but you do have to start thinking about mm -hmm. what type of event. Because honestly, for me, I tried to have all of those dates and all of those events yes. ready for the fall kickoff for when we had that open house for parents so that I had mm -hmm. a sheet that said, this is when our fall festival is. This is when our Thanksgiving dinner is. This is when our Christmas mm -hmm. event, our family Christmas event is. Mm -hmm. And we actually go into great detail about events for families at Christmas in episode 19. Yes. Which I can link down. You can also put in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Um, so that you can um, go back and, and kind of check that out when you're ready to start thinking about mm -hmm. it too. Because again, we go over the same kinds of things, security, material, different types of events. What kinds of things can you do? It. Because it yeah. really is important to have some special things at Christmas for families. Mm -hmm. And I love doing Advent uh, things yeah. for families as well. Mm -hmm. So, and you mm -hmm. really do have to start prepping that super early to have that mm -hmm. ready for yeah. the beginning of December yes. is going to come upon us faster than we are even expecting thinking it about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so those are things to, to really start thinking through and planning now to get your ducks in a row to mm -hmm. at least know when you're going to be doing things, how, so you can start publicizing those events and let families know. And also to start recruiting volunteers because families calendars are going to get booked up really quickly. So fast. And so that means yeah. your volunteers calendars are going to get booked up really quickly. So you mm -hmm. want to get on their calendars as early as you possibly can. Right. And so, uh, because that can, can be very difficult when you're trying to find volunteers mm -hmm. to help you with these events. So the mm -hmm. earlier you can give them dates, I mean, yes. you know, that's really just going to work out to your benefit. Yeah. And we just did just last week, we did our um, staff calendaring and staff yeah. planning where our ministerial staff sat down with the master church calendar 
Yes. Um, you know, which is digital, but, uh, you know, we were looking at right. it and, and just making sure all of our events for the next six months are calendared. Right. And then we went another six months out to go for a whole year just to kind of do a preliminary, you know, getting things on the mm -hmm. calendar. And so, um, so our next six months are pretty much set. Oh yeah. Um, and then the six months after that are, you know, pretty well there as well. They're laid yeah. out. Yeah. Yes. You really do. I, and I've, I've worked with a lot of children's ministers over the years because I know how overwhelming things can become. And I know how difficult it is when you're in the middle of everything to be able to focus ahead. Mm -hmm. But again, it is so to your benefit if you can set yourself out a day for planning for the year mm -hmm. so that you can lay out your calendar so that you can yes. think through things. Because I do know that it's incredibly stressful for ministers who are not as great on the administrative side to really not know what's coming next, to not being able to prepare their families, to not be able to prepare your volunteers, to get your materials ordered and ready. Those kinds of things are really important. And so if that's really not your thing, like which, you know, everybody has strengths and weaknesses, mm -hmm. but if you can find somebody in your church that loves administration and loves that planning that can help you do that, that is going to be a key person for you to get together with because it really does benefit you greatly to be able to be planned for your year to know what's coming up. Right. Because before we even had that all staff meeting, the children's director and I sat down and we're looking at, okay, when are we going to do our VBS training dates in the spring? Right. When are we going to do our general volunteer training in the spring? Right. You know, so we sat down and really planned out, you know, the rest of our year for the preschool and children's ministry before even coming to this big staff meeting. And you're right. It was it's nice to sit and be able to think about that with another person because you can bounce those ideas off. You can mm -hmm. remind each other of things that you may not have been thinking about or that may not have been on your radar. And so, yeah, so it is it's mm -hmm. it's a lot of you know, advance prep to get ready for these things and to do calendaring, you know, six months or a year in advance. But it's kind of the whole, you know, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, like right. doing all of that work and investing all of that on the front end makes the back end go much more smoothly. It's really so, so worth it. Worth and you it. know what, yeah. I have to say, I think over the years, sometimes I would let myself feel guilty if I thought that I had the time to be able to do that. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like it's that sense of, oh, I, there's so many other things I need to do. I can, mm -hmm. you know, I need to put that off. Mm -hmm. And so it's really reminding yourself that that is a key part mm -hmm. of your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so it really needs to be something that you allow yourself the grace to do, you know, to right. be able to, to be able to say, okay, I need this time where I am focusing on the planning and getting things prepared. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I might need to go off campus for a day so mm -hmm. that I'm not interrupted. I might need to, mm -hmm. to have this opportunity to spend some time with somebody at lunch for an extended period of time where we can sit down and be away from the building us. and away from the constant, you know, mm -hmm. kind of people that are constantly needing things and that, that are constantly yeah. wanting to jump in. And I just need to ask you this one question, but you know, it's really, it's not um, because I know that there are some who feel like, Oh, I have to be in my office. I have to be doing, but you know, it's really important that we take that time. Absolutely. Cause it's yeah. not just, yes, this next Sunday is coming, but 
every Sunday until Jesus comes back is coming. <laughs> right, right. And so, it's never gonna, and there's yeah. never going to be, if you're waiting for a slow time right. to be able to plan, it's never not going to happen. Come. You have to be diligent. Got to carve it out. Yeah. And you have to put that in your calendar and really make that work. And so, yeah. but, and then, so, and if you, like I said, if you struggle with that, really there, uh, there are going to be people in your church that their strength is organizing and scheduling and, and it's okay to go to them and say, you know what, I really need some help here. How do I set up a calendar so that I can have time to plan and time to set up? Don't, don't feel, you know, don't, we, we can't do everything and we can't always have every strength that's needed because children's ministry, we've talked about this before. It's so vast and there's so many different types of personalities and different skills and different gifts that you need for it. And so if administration and organization is not yours, don't worry because you have other things that you're giving Mm -hmm. to the ministry, but it will benefit you to find Mm -hmm. that person who does have that as a strength and make them your partner. And, and we do people a disservice when we, don't allow them to use their God-given strengths and gifts and abilities in the ministry. You know, we do the ministry a disservice whenever we try to do everything. And then we do other people a disservice because God gave them that ability for a purpose. And so let's let them serve within their areas of gifting and their areas of strength. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't, don't, don't be overwhelmed. Just take that deep breath. And you can just move forward with all the things that you've got coming this year. It's going to be a very exciting year and God is going to bless your ministry in amazing ways. It's just one step at a time. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Well, we just thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that this information has been helpful for you. We hope that it's been encouraging for you. We just ask if you haven't yet that you would subscribe to our YouTube account that you would follow us on Podbean and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, that you will check out our blog that we've got going this year. And hopefully there'll be some more information on there. We would love to hear from you. Please comment. Please send us messages. Let us know how we can better serve you. That's what we would love to do this fall. And so we just thank you so much for listening and spending some time with us. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.